episode 162, Lessons on Suicide. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trostclair, and today we hear Frank King's perspective. Join 2017 and 18 Podcast Awards-nominated host and best-selling author on Amazon as we get a behind-the-curtain look at all types of doctor and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back to the show. Halloween month. If you're into that, autumn leaves are changing. And guess what else can change? The way you present yourself to other doctors for referrals. Whether you're a PT or a chiro looking to get some referrals from a medical doctor, maybe you're looking to do a uh, podcast guest, beef up your resume in that area, or local speaking gigs, whether it's chamber, B&I, or a workshop with a big corporation. What are you going to send these people so that they actually return your email or if you go to the office and you give them something, what are you going to do? A trifold brochure? I sure hope not. It's 2020. So one sheets. It's a one page. It's concise. It's a quick bio relevant to being a speaker or referral partner. Your keynote topics, examples of how you're awesome maybe some testimonials, your social media contacts, your you know web pages, all of that stuff in a pretty layout. That's what I do. I've been doing it for a little while. I decided, okay, let me start mentioning it on the podcast. Uh, you can go to adoctorsperspective.net slash one sheet, look at some samples, and it's affordable. I'm not charging 500 or even 400 bucks for these things, which you would pay if you went to a dedicated, maybe graduated graphic designer. But the quality is still there. Just take a look. All right. So anyway, today is a tough topic, but our guy is actually a comedian who deals with suicidal tendencies and depression and things. So we're going to cover, as a doctor, what are we going to look for? What can we do about it? Some great resources. And we'll even discuss people like Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, How do the people that seem to have it all end up killing themselves? What's up with that? We'll also give you some resources for your patients if they need free help or like a sliding scale and the ways that we can, like I said, like we can uh, approach this uh, delicately if they're depressed and know that they are loved, that somebody cares and hopefully get the help that they need. He was escaping Oregon's fires. So his cell phone was a little clicky here and there. So just be aware of that. And yeah, like I said, he does comedy about mental health and suicide. It's a tough subject. So it's kind of nice to be able to soften it with some humor involved. So Stay tuned. A doctorsperspective.net slash 162 is where you can find the show notes and transcript. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from Germany in Oregon, today on the show, we have got a great guest. He's uh, called the mental health comedian. And so he's a comedian, but he also has a uh, serious message to bring and it's about depression and suicide and you can catch him all the social media he's a funny guy even on youtube so please welcome to the show frank king hey guys hello germany yeah we're uh, not too worried about those fires over here tell no you that. could you please uh send angela merkel angela merkel over to run things over here that'd be really nice yeah, that's what I hear. She's she's uh, they love her here. She's sane. <laughs> uh, that's all I'm asking. She's smarter than I am. That's all I really want. The president smarter than I am. That's it. <laughs> well, I was uh, you know I've watched some of your YouTube things, your TEDx five time TEDx, y'all. 
five times. And it's really it's a really powerful story. Um, you know, having a pretty good career, having a lot of uh, comedy shows, and then the recession hit, and then boom, the bottom falls out. Yeah. No money. Life is stressed. And um, not to take away your whole story, but he has a family of depression yeah. and, and suicide. Uh, I think your mom and your aunt or something like that. It's called generational depression and suicide. My grandmother died by suicide. My mother found her. My great aunt died by suicide. My mother and I found her. I was four years old. I screamed for days. And in 2010, at the height of the recession, speaking business dropped off 80% overnight, lost everything in a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. And that's when I learned what the barrel of my gun tasted like. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert, I didn't pull the trigger. It's a good spoil. Yep. A friend of mine came up to me after I said that at a keynote. He'd never heard me say that. And he said, and I quote, hey, man, how come you didn't pull the trigger? I go, hey, man, could you try to sound a little less disappointed? <laughs> yeah, what do you say, you know? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I guess you failed at one more thing. No, <laughs> that's messed yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, failed the suicide. No, that I've got a, I've got an acquaintance who actually shot himself in the heart and oh, survived. No. And he first, when he woke up, the first thing he thought was, "Man, I'm such a loser. I can't even kill myself." <laughs> he, he has a dark humor. Okay, people, he's got a little bit of dark humor. Okay, we're gonna take a turn here. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and what your listeners don't know is we were evacuated. I'm in Oregon. There's wildfires all over the place. Um, there's a wildfire right now about a mile and a quarter from our house. And fortunately, the wind died down to one mile an hour. Humidity is up in the 80% range. So that's it's cooler. And so hopefully, and they're going to send in 375 National Guard troops, all trained in wildfire mm. management tomorrow. So it looks like the house will survive. But on Tuesday, I met the doctor, my cardiologist, because I have some heart issues as well. And... There's three levels. Level one is get ready. Level two is get set. Level three is go now. Don't pack anything. Just go. So I'm at the cardiologist, and we were at level one when I left home. And then they jumped to three without going to two. So I had to bag the appointment with the cardiologist, get in the car, drive 25 minutes home into into level three, which is just get right, out. Wrong way. Don't pack. Don't don't take the pets. I'm like, that ain't going to happen because uh, we, we had 11 cats at the house. And so I'm not leaving. I'm like the Marine Corps. I don't leave anybody right. behind. And so I have a whole new respect for the term uh, herding cats. Uh, Just get in. Just go. We got to go. Yeah, I got all 11, 11, 11 of them in the carriers in the car. And we uh, took off. And fortunately, we didn't have to drive through fire or anything. But I did get them to, to a um, – it's her cat rescue friend of mine runs. And she said, I'll take them in. That's wow. fine. So hopefully it rains, and then that'll be a huge benefit. Yeah, there's a chance of rain on Monday and Tuesday, and temperatures are going to go down, which helps with firefighting. And so we're hoping knock wood. And, and of course, the National Guard troops are going to be – that's going to triple the size of the force fighting the fires. So yeah, we're hoping. Here's the, here's the thing, man. I'm scheduled next week to close on a mortgage refi at 2.99%, and I called my mortgage broker, and I said, hey, man, listen, if the – Title company doesn't ask. Do I have to tell them it burned to the ground? <laughs> <laughs> I have, do I have enough insurance to cover a rebuild? Because this would be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah. He goes, man, if it burns, you're gonna have to tell them it's gone. I said, okay, fine. Yeah. Maybe you have to move. Fine. Is moving a, a chance? Like, can you move to another state or something for now? You know, Oregon overall. 
one of the reasons my in-laws moved to Oregon, and we're living in the house my, my wife grew up in, one of the reasons they moved to Oregon was in terms of natural disasters at the time, very few in Oregon. They don't get hurricanes. They don't get tornadoes. Uh, up until this year uh, or last couple of years, they didn't have any life-threatening fires. There is a cascade fault, so there's a chance of an earthquake. But if you look at the United States, it's it's one of the places where they have the, the fewest natural disasters uh, until this wow. week. <laughs> well, I had heard well, – yeah. this is a whole other podcast, I guess, but I had heard California, the reason why they have so many fires is they've – they stop doing natural burns or controlled burns and stuff like that. And so when they have a fire, it just gets out of control. Well, what happened was um, the reason it's so bad this, this season is there was a, a like a four or five-year drought. It killed a great number of trees. So what's happened is the they're just standing there. You know, they're just firewood standing up. And so even though the drought was broken uh, last year, uh, you know, the reservoirs are full – they're still the dead trees, and so that's why it's just – yeah, we, we were living in northern California in the Sierras, and one of the reasons we left there and came to the northwest was because they told you in the summertime, sleep with your windows open, just screens. Make sure you have the dog crates and all the animal crates ready, a bag packed. If you smell smoke, don't look back. Get out. That sounds paranoid. That's a, that's a tough life right there. Yeah, well, you know, the town of Paradise in northern California, not far from where we live. The entire town two years ago, I guess, burned to the ground. And so it's just, you know, it's just a bad situation in the Sierra. It's beautiful, but, you know, the fire danger is so bad. And then, of course, my wife got chased by a mountain lion, so it, another reason to leave. But, um, yes, yeah, so that's why we went to the Northwest. You know, Pacific Northwest, it doesn't burn down, well, until this week. <laughs> well, it'll get better, my goodness. Hang in there. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, normally, um, this time of year, it started to rain. You know, we thought we'd dodge the bullet. When it got to be Labor Day, like, wow, made through another summer, no fire. And all of a sudden, there's this, like, 50-mile-an-hour gust. Power poles knocked down, and that's what sparked the... Uh, well, there's not much you can do about that. My goodness. No. Well, you know what it is? My wife said, how come they don't put those things underground? Well, because it costs, like, four times as much to put them underground. Yeah. But they may consider that now that... Yeah, but in the mountains, too, that's going to be even more crazy. Yeah, and, you know, California... Because of the power lines above ground, they've cut power to like 175,000 people in anticipation of something like that happening oh. to keep the you know fire down. Yeah. So anyway, Germany is looking pretty. Good yeah, right yeah, now. I've said that too. You know, 2020. <laughs> it's a good place to be. I'm an American, so it's, I just I just live here. Yeah. The question is, why are you in Germany at this point? Why are you there? It can't be the forest. No, fires I was already here. I'm working. I'm a chiropractor. I was working over here in uh, Cologne and just. Everything just dodged. I got out of China, went to, to America for a few months, and then boom, Germany and then Corona hit like full force. So we were just so lucky to take a job in Europe for for the time being, I tell you. Yeah, because we're getting you know, 30,000, 40,000 new cases a day here. And I think in Germany and in, in Europe, they're picking like 100, 200, 300 new cases a yeah, day. Yeah, I think, was it Italy? Italy or Spain? There was some place. It was bad. They were like, yeah, the whole city, the whole, I don't know, city, state, country, whatever, was just locked down. You couldn't leave your house for like two or three weeks. But they had to because there's so many people not getting sick. But, I mean, they've that helped to control the spread. Because we're open now. You can fly and stuff. In Europe, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, but. We're not, Justin. <laughs> we're not, Justin. We're, we can barely drive. But you know, we have mask mandates. Uh, it's a 150 euro fine if you uh, get on the subways or any train without your mask yeah oh the almighty dollar 
we'll make you wear a mask. <laughs> well, and uh, here in Oregon, the governor passed a, uh, some kind of executive order. You can't go into a store or whatever without the mask on, which is yeah, fine. That's what we've been doing. It's not that bad. I've seen some made from uh, Afghan scarves. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually ordered a clear one. Should be here next week. Um, <laughs> so that people can see me smile. You know, because I, I, as a comic, facial expression is a big deal. And I, you know, it, it's and communication. Um, facial expressions are a big deal. So I thought a clear one with a HEPA filter. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, as a doctor trying to so, build rapport so. with new people. I'm like, oh, that was a joke. You can't see my smile. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Read my squinty yeah. eyes for a moment. But uh, anyway. So, brass tacks. Here we go. Yes. Depression, suicide. And to, to start it, I was listening to something you said. It seemed like there's some big name entrepreneurs, Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, I'm sure tons of, of, of other ones, that potentially have these mental illnesses that have become an entrepreneur because they have nothing else to lose? What, what's that about? Well, that was my third, no, my fourth TEDx talk called Suicide, the Secret of My Success. I was um, living in California, San Diego, married to my high school sweetheart, a lovely woman. We didn't belong together. I was selling insurance, which is a great business, but not for me. And because my first wife didn't like the idea of me doing stand-up, I wouldn't go into open mic, which is you know where I thought I belonged. And it hit me that I was depressed and suicidal, and if I didn't change something, sooner rather than later, I was going to kill myself. So my second thought was, I could divorce my wife, quit my job in insurance, try comedy. If it works great, if it doesn't, I can still kill myself. So with that in mind, and having spoken to a number of entrepreneurs and entertainers who had a similar thought process, I read several studies that said a third of entrepreneurs are depressed and suicidal. And I think third. the clinicians who did this, a third, yeah, the clinicians who did the surveys believe it has a lot to do with um, little sleep, long hours, and unmet expectations. But I believe that a slice of that, a significant slice of that number, they're not depressed and suicidal because they're entrepreneurs. They're like me. They are entrepreneurs because, in fact, they were depressed and suicidal. I believe Anthony Bourdain, his, his passion was was food. He, his folks took him to France and, when he was eight years old, and he fell in love with food. And all through high school, he worked in restaurants, and he was at Vassar, a really great college, but working two jobs in two restaurants at the time. And my guess, and he had some underlying mental health issues. He was self-medicated. He was sending the busboys out to buy crack for him. Yeah, I mean, he made no bones about the fact he had substance issues. But my guess is, second year or third year, whatever year he was at Vassar, probably a good major, probably making good grades. But I'm guessing, thought to himself, you know, this great college, I got a great major, but I, this is really not where I belong. I should be doing culinary. I, I should, and then realized maybe that, you know, I'm, I'm suicidal. I, if I don't pursue culinary i'm going to kill myself so there's that thought process well what the heck i quit vassar i'll go to the culinary institute if it works great if it doesn't i can still kill myself kate spade was the she'd worked her way up at vanity fair magazine to the head of the accessories department and i mean a big job yeah my guess is she had underlying mental illness untreated except you know self-medicated my guess is she thought to herself you know i'm not supposed to be reviewing other people's fashions dag on it i'm supposed to have my own fashion mm -hmm. line and maybe she had the same thought i did you know if i don't change something and pursue my dream i'm gonna kill myself what the heck i can i can try establish my own fashion line which of course mm -hmm. she did uh if it works great if it doesn't i can kill myself so that was the impetus for my tedx people with mental illness oftentimes i believe see connections where other people don't and so I saw I saw all that, all that kind of fell together in my head, and I thought, well, and I've got a comedian friend, a woman, 
quit chatting one day. She goes, Frank, do you want to know the story, the real story of how I got started, why I got started in comedy? I go, sure. She goes, it's really dark. I go, I love dark. She goes, well, I'm working for an association in D.C., Washington, D.C. Good job, good benefits. But my only joy is twice a week doing open mic night, open, open mic comedy night. And she goes, I got to the point where I thought, you know, it's a great job, but if I don't, if I don't pursue comedy, I'm going to kill myself. Same thought process. Wait a minute. I could quit the association, try comedy. If it works great, if it doesn't, I can kill my. Well, and she's telling me the story. She goes, so I thought, and I go, let me finish your thought. You thought you're suicidal. You could quit the association, try comedy. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you can still kill yourself. She goes, how do you know that? Honey, know that. I live that. Right. So I believe oftentimes entrepreneurs, some of that third probably are entrepreneurs because they were depressed and suicidal, feeling like they're living in somebody else's life. And if they don't do something, and the, the good news there, Justin, is the power of that is, is if you're going to die, you know, you to make the change, you really got nothing to lose. You can put it all on one roll of the dice, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, well, you know, hmm. still kill you. And and by the way, I have what's called chronic suicidal ideation, meaning for me and people like me and my tribe, the option of suicide is always on the menu as a solution for problems large and small. And the, the example I give is a couple of years ago, my car broke down, the car I'm sitting in, and I had three thoughts immediately unbidden. Get it fixed, buy a new one, or I could just kill myself. That's how it's always a solution. And, you know, at the beginning, when I told you the story about going back into the fire zone, level three, where they, you know, it's like, get out now to get the cats. A friend of mine said, you know, you could have burned up in mm -hmm. there. And I said, no, no, no. You forgot my superpower. I'm willing to pull the trigger anytime. I, I'm capable. I sit in the exit row, window seat of plane, essentially. I'm willing to open the exit and go anytime. So, I would have never died in a fire. They would have found me dead, but it wouldn't have been the right. fire. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm willing. I'll, they would have found a bullet in my head. That's what they would have found. Because I'm not going to. So it actually gave me the courage to go back in knowing, look, I, I can't leave the cats. If I die trying, that's fine. But I can't live with leaving the cats behind. Mm -hmm. And if the fire gets too close, I've got a 380 cold pocket light with hydroshock hollow points one of those and there's no coming back so fortunately Justin, <laughs> fortunately i didn't have to put i i again spoiler alert i didn't pull the trigger and the cats are frank done stood me up today i can't believe <laughs> yeah that's right son of a gun what he committed he died by suicide oh yeah i mean my dog ate my yeah. homework like his story um with someone like yourself who, who you know has that on their back burner at all times is there a therapy that you have to go to for to to keep those thoughts in check? Is there pills that you can take for the depression or for bipolar or something like that to kind of get you out of? Yeah, maybe I can do this. Yeah. Are you so you don't get so yeah, low? Yeah, I um yeah I for I, I didn't take anything except a supplement called Sammy Sam Dash E. It's good on mild to 400 milligrams in the morning on an empty stomach. It's good on mild depression. And that that took me till I was 60. And my wife goes, "You're 60. Ask the doctor for something." It's okay, fine. So he goes, why do you want antidepressants? And I told oh, him. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We're going to lock you up for a month? Uh, yeah, because that's the thing. In the United States, you get locked mm -hmm. down for telling you your You can do everything that. except kill yourself in America. Yeah, so I told him a story about the car. Get it fixed by a new and I can just kill myself. And, man, he grabbed his prescription pad so fast. <laughs> and he wrote me a script for what's called Wellbutrin. And, and – about half the people who take it love it. The other half can't stand it. It didn't work for them. 
it worked for me right off the bat. So three weeks in, my wife noticed the difference in my personality in two weeks, but didn't say anything. Third week, Justin, I had this thought unbidden. I like my life. Whoa. What's this? I mean, I've got a good life. I've got a good life mm-hmm. anyway. But I hadn't had that thought since high school. And my second thought was, why did I wait so long to take these pills? So they, it's called major depressive disorder. It's like a wheel with a flat spot on it. It, it lasts anywhere from two days to two weeks. Mine lasts two, three days and rec- recurs like a, like a wheel with a flat spot that keeps uh. coming up. With the medication, it's longer time between the incidents and the, the time that I'm down is short. But you recognize that it's, it's, it's happening. Yeah, and, and I've, I've had it for so long. It's not pleasant, but it's, it's certainly survivable. Okay. And, and because the chronic suicidal ideation, every time I've spoken except once, I tell that story about the car. Mm-hmm. And people, somebody, at least one person, every time I've spoken except once, has come up after my show. Because I said to the audience, look, we'll do some general Q&A. And if you've got a question you want to ask, you don't want to ask in front of everybody. I'll hang out for another half an hour answer individual questions. And, and one person, at least, every time except one show, has come up and they've got chronic suicidal ideation. They didn't know it had a name. They thought they were some kind of freak. And a young woman came up to me afterwards at a college show and goes – I enjoyed it, but you made me weep. I go, how do I make you weep? She goes, you know, your story about the car, you know, get it fixed by a new, just kill yourself. She goes, I've been having those thoughts all my Hmm. life. I didn't know it had a name. I thought I was some kind of freak. And when I heard you say that out loud, she goes, I realized for the first time in my life that I'm not, in fact, alone, and I wept. So that's what keeps me alive, Justin. I'm sort of like, I feel like I'm sort of like George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life. I've kind of been shown what people's lives would be like if I weren't there to speak and, and, and reassure them that they're not alone. So so if I kill myself, I would end up taking all those people with me. That's one thing I, I, before you go. Tips to know if someone's thinking about it, if, if there are signs that we can look at it as oh, – and then yeah. what we can do if they're like, hey, I am talking about it. I have a plan of some sort. Like what do we – you know, how do we stop that? Because – you know, my thought would be like, hey, you got a family, you got kids, you got a wife. Don't be so selfish. Are you doesn't crazy? Matter. And obviously those are all yeah, things you probably matter. shouldn't say. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, you get so much to live for. Um, yeah, let's talk about depression. Signs of depression. These are not an exhaustive list, but some right. of the bigger ones. Um, eat too much, can't eat, or sleep too much, can't sleep. Has trouble getting up in the morning, but then rallies in the afternoon. Not taking an interest in social activities they used to take a great deal of interest in it. It's called isolation. They begin to mm. isolate. And here's one you can notice even on Zoom is they let their personal hygiene go. I mean, there's Zoom casual or Skype casual. And then there's, oh, my God, your hair's not clean. The clothes look dirty because they can't drag themselves out of bed to get to the bathroom to shave or run a load uh-huh. of wash. So that if you think somebody's depressed, you flat out ask them, are you depressed? And if they say yes – then your next question is, are you having thoughts of suicide? And you have to ask that question. If you can't do it yourself, find somebody who can ask that question just like that. Now, let's say they're not forthcoming. They don't tell you. They won't admit they're having thoughts of suicide. How would you know? Well, talking about death and dying, Googling death and dying, death and dying appears as a theme in their artwork, their music, their writing. Uh, of course, gathering the means, pills or weapon. Um, getting their affairs mm. in order, especially giving away prized possessions. They want to make sure they go to the people they want them to go to when they're gone. And, and if the prize possession happens to be a pet, that's top of the pyramid in terms of dangerous. Oh, yeah. 
There's a counterintuitive sign that's extremely dangerous, which is they've been depressed forever, it seems. And now all of a sudden, no reason, they're happy beyond measure. Mm. You're happy because they're happy finally. Well, the problem is they may be happy because they've chosen time, place, and method, and they realize the pain is finite. Yeah. Because people people say to me, why would so-and-so, why would Kate Spade, with everything to live for, you know, die by suicide? Why did she want to kill herself? And chances are she did not want to kill herself. Chances are she simply wanted to end the pain. Mm. Which is hard for us to, to think about. Like, life is that hard? You have that much pain all day, every day? Like, what's wrong with you? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I've said, you know, if, if the Vulcan mind mel was a thing, I wish it was. Because if you and I are together and I'm and I'm circling down, you know, in depression, if you could put your hand on my head and I put my hand on your head and you could get in there for about five minutes, you would come out screaming. Uh, an athlete here, no, not an athlete, a uh, sports talking head, uh, Skip Bayless, the guy's name, on ESPN, said something about uh, an NFL athlete who came out as depressed and suicidal. And he said, you know, the guy's a quarterback. He's the leader of the team. He's not supposed to give voice to those emotions. You know, he's being weak and not a good leader. Oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, the most resilient people I know are my mentally ill friends who have thoughts of suicide because if they didn't, if they weren't resilient, they wouldn't still be mm -hmm. here. Um, it's not a matter of of strength. Uh, one of the, regards to your politics, one of the things that Trump said that just sent me around the bend was he was talking about PTSD. He goes, you know, soldiers who are strong and come back from a war zone don't get PTSD because they're strong. Hold on. It's not about strength. So let's say you've noticed those signs of suicide. You ask them flat out, are you having thoughts of suicide? If they say yes, you say, do you have a plan? And if they have a plan, what is your plan? And if it's detailed, then you try to get them on the phone with the suicide prevention lifeline or now their text lines for younger mm -hmm. people. And if you're with them physically and they don't want to get on the phone with the lifeline, you pick up the phone, you call the lifeline. The volunteer will try to talk the phone into the hand of the person who's struggling. Do you ever call the police? It's Well, if they're in immediate danger to themselves or somebody else, you got no choice but to call the police. Now, there may be somebody listening to the podcast who thinks, well, I'm not physically there where they are. You know, with the social distancing, I, you know, my, my roommate from college, I'm reading his Facebook post. And, I'm nervous. And they're dangerous. Sounds like, yeah, I'm nervous about things in the timeline. So I would, I would go and look, and sure enough, dangerous signal. And they said, what should I do? And I said, well, it's not going to make the person happy, but you need to – if you know their physical address, you call the police in their town – you say, look, I'm really worried about my college roommate from the stuff he's posting on Facebook. I believe he's suicidal. Would you go by and do a welfare check? So they'll go by. Now, if he is actively suicidal, chances are they're going to arrest him, take him in front of a judge and, and seek an IDO, an involuntary detention order for 72 hours in a lovely mental health gated community with no shoestrings or belt. Mm -hmm. So you're probably going to get unfriended yeah. on Facebook. But but the guy's a lie, so that's when you get the police involved. You know, I'd rather not do that if at all possible because you know three days in a in a mental health facility for some people that's all they need to snap mm -hmm. back, just that rest. But some people are just going to be furious. One of my past guests, I don't remember her answer. I'd have to go back. But I was asking like, why are we allowed to do anything except kill ourselves? Why aren't we allowed to do that? Well, there is a there is an argument here in the U.S. and maybe around the world. This thought, whose life is it anyway? Who are you to tell me that I can't end, that cannot end my life? I mean, that will definitely negatively affect people in your life, but... 
Yeah, uh, there'd be collateral damage. But let's say you were single and there weren't, you know, you were not going to leave behind any collateral damage, family or whatever. Now, there's another myth that people say, well, it's such a selfish act. Well, but what you don't understand is in the mind of the person who's thinking about suicide, it's actually a selfless act because one of the symptoms of suicidality is a sense of burdensomeness. Mm, I'm a burden. The world would be better off without me. I had a million-dollar life insurance policy. If I pull the trigger, my wife's restored financially. She'll be brokenhearted, but she's not going to be broke. She's going to get a million dollars. So I felt like, I, you know, that I was a burden. I was actually, I was literally worth more dead than alive. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't pull the trigger. But um, the but that's but that's so it's actually an irrational thought, but it is selfless in the mind of the person who is thinking about it. Okay. Do you happen to have, before we go, any books or anything like that that can help somebody if they know they have a problem and would like to help themselves? Maybe they can't afford a counselor or something? Yeah, two things. There are usually counseling or therapists who work on a sliding scale based on your income. So you you would Google mental health services free, and usually a list comes up of outfits that offer you know, a couple, three, four, five free sessions, and then they do the rest of them based on mm-hmm. your income. Uh, there's another there's a if they if you go and they say you should be on a drug there's now a cheek swab dna test it's a couple hundred bucks that tell they take your dna and they try to match it to the psychotropic well let's say an antidepressant that works best with your metabolism so that there's not that lab rat go on taper off go on taper off and the third thing is funny you should ask we've written we're writing a series of books on men's mental health because in the United States, eight out of ten suicides, eight out of ten suicides are men. It's called Guts, Grit, and the Grind, and the first two volumes are out on Amazon. Guts, Grit, and the Grind, and it's it's like a chicken soup for the soul. It's an anthology, twelve stories in each book of twelve guys, each with a different struggle and how they're coping. Because men tend to take advice from men. So if you got a man story who's struggling with a particular issue like bankruptcy or substance abuse disorder or whatever. And we made it look like an automobile owner's manual, so guys would pick it up. And and like a Haynes repair manual, you know, if your carburetor goes, you, you go buy the Haynes repair manual, auto repair manual. You're not going to read it cover to cover. You're going to turn to carburetor. All right. So guy picks up the book. He's got a particular issue, looks in the index, finds the issue, turns to that guy's story, and how and see how he's coping. So that's it's called Guts, Grit, and the Grind because there are very few books out there on mental health for men because men generally don't talk right. about it. They're not, you know, they don't share their emotions. And one, that's one of the reasons that the, the rate of suicide is higher uh, for mm-hmm. men because they, A, three, three, three times as many women attempt suicide, but men complete because they often use a gun. Yeah. So anyway, that those are the resources. If you're listening in the U.S., there's a group called NAMI, National Alliance Mental Illness, N-A-M-I, and they have all sorts of mental health services and guess what justin they everything they do is free wow yeah they got peer counseling family family counseling they can make referrals it's a great organization i volunteer at the county and state level in oregon i like that that's some fantastic resources yeah it is because i've got a friend whose whose son has schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder and it was about to destroy his Mm -hmm. family and so he found nami and they have a 12-week course, one night a week, for families of people with schizoaffective disorder. And they teach you how to, you know, what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do, and how to find resources. And then they have family-to-family counseling. So you got another family with a family member who has the same thing. So you realize, A, you're not alone, and B, you're sharing resources. It's brilliant, and it's free. 
And that is, that's a tough one too. That's a whole nother podcast on what to do with, with that condition that we won't go into. But I just, Frank King, I want to thank you so much for your time. How can people get in contact and reach you? Um, my website is TheMentalHealthComedian.com, TheMentalHealthComedian.com. And if you go there and put an email address in, I voiced, I narrated the first book already. You can download a free MP3 of the entire four-hour and 14-minute first Guts, Grit, and the Grind book. Uh, you know, 12 stories, 12 guys. And I'll be, as time goes on, I'll be recording them for Audible and putting a free copy up on my website. So all four of those will be up there eventually. Okay. If you type if you, if you type the mental health comedian just those words into your Google search you'll find me because that's my sky I'm uh, my sky that's my um it's all your social media uh, angles Twitter and it, yeah all my social media YouTube Twitter Instagram LinkedIn Facebook all has the mental health comedian that's my brand all right well this has been great I think uh, between the doctors that listen to this and the patients we have to take care of this will be a very helpful episode for lots of people so I really appreciate your time well and for chiropractors yeah. listening uh, you know if somebody in the U.S., if you see a doctor, they're supposed to ask you a couple of gateway questions about have you felt like have you felt hopeless in the last two weeks. Um, some don't ask because they don't want to know the answer because it puts them on the hook. You know, and you got patients lined up waiting. But what I recommend, and I recommend this for dentists and doctors and chiropractic doctors, is wherever you are, Google that area and mental health treatment resources, whatever, and print out a list of resources from like you've got great insurance to you need a sliding scale because yeah. you don't have the money print it out put it in a white envelope so that if a client you know because I, I mean i bet they say things to their chiropractor they don't say to anybody right. else and so if they if they're upfront about their depression or whatever hand them the white envelope on the way out with resource that way they can they can you can send them somewhere mm. And I would advise for the, I would advise the doctor or staff to follow up with them in a day or two just to check in and go, hey, listen, how how you doing? Okay. Everything going okay? I, you seemed a little depressed last time you were in, and we just want just want to check in on you. And man, I'm telling you, you show you you show a patient you care like that. Yeah, that's a that's a whole another level of service. Yeah. To go out of your way and do that. And and I saw on some of your uh, your your TEDxes and things, it's it's usually that one person that says something that calls. Stops yeah. them right in their tracks and keeps them alive for, for who knows how long. Yeah, suicide is the most preventable cause of death on the planet. And, you know, you're not looking to treat them. You're just looking to plant a seed of hope and showing them that, that somebody cares. Because here, here's the deal. And I'll leave you with this, Justin. Here's why that's important. Eight out of ten people who are considering suicide are ambivalent. They want somebody to notice and interrupt. Nine out of ten people who are considering suicide seriously, in the last week leading up to the attempt – they give hints, verbal, nonverbal, you know, um, physical, behavioral. Again, because nine out of ten people want you to go, hey, notice something and stop them in their track. So we we can, you can make a difference. You can save a life, and you can do it by doing something as simple as you and I are doing right here, and that's starting that conversation. Another great interview has ended. While you're on your phone, click that review button. Write up a nice review for me. Five stars if you could. As everyone says in the industry, it'll help other people to find us when we have enough rankings. Not to mention, I'll mention you and your review on an upcoming episode. If you follow me at all on Instagram, you know you only get one link. So I use a link tree. And so it's a doctorsperspective.net slash links with an S. And that's going to give you everything you need to know. The top episodes of 2017 and 2018, the podiatry series, dentist, acupuncture series, 
holiday 2017 financial series, how to write a review, how to support the show, like buying a cup of coffee, getting swag, like t-shirts, the Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health book, that's the blueprints for better health, exercise, picking food correctly, and financial. And then, of course, bundle packs, which can get you the no-needle acupuncture book, 40 common conditions, including the electric acupuncture pin, at a great deal. The resources page has some of the products that I like. It's uh, affiliate style, so if you buy something from them, I get a piece of that. Just like on the show notes pages, if you buy a book from clicking that link, I get a small piece of that as well. So I really appreciate that. Things like Screencast-O-Matic, PureVPN, Missing Letter, JLab Speakers, ProLone Edge or Hawk Grips. Uh, once again, if you do need any coaching on how to improve some of your blood work, drop weight, and the ProLone Diet, Fast Mimicking Diet, 5-Day Plan, let me know as well as if you just need some coaching, whether it's health, whether it's marketing, whether you need some practice growth, etc. Reach out. Facebook, Justin Trosclair, MCC. Of course, at a doctorsperspective.net on the top right, you got all the social media icons that you can imagine. Click your favorite and reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please tell a friend, pass it along. You can go to .net slash listen. It's just that easy. It'll open up right in your app. And don't forget, I appreciate you. Listen, critically think, and integrate. See you on the mini-sodes on Thursdays and Saturdays. Hope you're enjoying those. I'm definitely having fun summarizing these podcasts in less than 10 minutes for you. You get the nuggets without having to waste your time. Have a great week. A doctor's perspective. Learn stories of success. Avoid struggle.